Welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Martha. And our mission is to connect the past and the present Nikki Mom by celebrating our stories and what our babies have overcome. Whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. Hey, beautiful mamas. It's Ashley, one of the co-hosts of the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. And we have a pretty special episode for you guys today because we get to hear from some pretty incredible NICU dads, a.k.a. mine, Martha, and Kendra's husbands. So we put together a few questions for them, asking them about what it was like being a NICU dad, any encouragement they would have for NICU dads, and we hope that it gives some insight into the NICU dad experience, and also maybe this can be an episode that you and your partner can listen to together. So happy Father's Day, and we hope you love it. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Ryan Ham. I am the husband to the world-famous Ashley Ham. Um, who you usually hear on this podcast. And yeah, I am the dad to Silas. He was born at 28 weeks on the nose. And yeah, I'm so excited to to talk today. So yes. Well, my name is Tyler Locke. I'm the husband to, uh, to Kendra Locke. And our son is Callan, who was a full-term NICU babe that had um, a chrom- chromosomal abnormality. Um, and had a, a prolonged NICU stay, and uh, proud to be home with him and nearing his three-year birthday. Yeah, and hey everybody, this is Zach. I am married to Martha from the podcast here. Uh, we have two NICU babies. Uh, our oldest is Jacqueline. She was born 29 weeks on the day. Uh, and we had a little boy about five years ago. His name was James, and he's in heaven, but... Uh, he is here with us every day, and uh, I'm really excited to be here with both of you guys. This is really cool that we get to do this. Yeah, dude, this is really cool. Um, that's amazing. Let's uh, like I said, let's just do the first question. Yeah. Um, and then we can kind of just see where the conversation goes. Uh, from there, we can stay strict, or we can just talk like bros. So. Let's do it. So, okay. First question. What was your introduction like to the NICU? What do you remember? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I can, I'll share a little bit. We can kind of go back and forth with this question. I think it's, I think we'll probably start to remember things as we begin to talk about it and things oh, like yeah. that. But um, my introduction to the NICU was, extremely um extremely fast and i had to learn a lot very quickly um so i don't know how much ashley has shared on the podcast about the the day of silas's birth but um, she was flown from fargo to the cities and um and she was uh she had to go into an emergency c-section there um, and I arrived, I arrived, uh, maybe 15 minutes before she went into that emergency C-section. Um, mm. so I was literally, I hadn't even, uh, taken my jacket off, uh, mm. yet. And they were wheeling her away. Um, and then Silas was, Silas was born five minutes later and, um, Ashley was knocked out for the next, uh, 
two hours. And so I had to, I had to go right to the NICU with Silas and he had, um, he had a couple of procedures right away. He had a pick line put in pretty fast and, um, they intubated him. And, uh, yeah. so it was, it was, I was learning so much <laughs> right off the bat. Um, it was really hard to, it was really hard to take it all in. I guess I, that, that is one thing is I, it was all happening so fast and I didn't have Ashley there. Um, I didn't really have anybody there uh, for the first, for the first uh, probably hour. And so I was, I was really just like learning and, uh, and trying to comprehend everything that they were saying, but I wasn't comprehending it because I had never imagined myself in that situation at all. Um, so that, that was kind of my first introduction to it. Um, so I'll probably remember more as you guys talk, but you guys go ahead and, and share a little bit of yours. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think when you talked about like the sudden escalation, just processing everything second by second, uh, yeah, it was the same way for me. And mm-hmm. when I look back, you know, after our experience, I heard a lot of stories from people who had kids in the NICU or, you know, experience with preterm labor before all that, those stories were never shared. So the expectation Mm -hmm. that that was a possibility never even crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, So we had, we had this very small framed expectation of what you grow up with, you know, the stories you hear, what you think a pregnancy will be like, what you think a birth will be like. And that was all just blown apart so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with our, uh, first pregnancy, you know, or with both, actually, Martha was on bed rest in the hospital. So we were kind of already in that setting. Um, we knew with both, it was just, you know, a matter of, of time. Mm-hmm. But uh, with both births, uh, it was that same kind of thing. You know, a head nurse came in, said, all right, this is what we saw. This is what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. And then the flurry of nurses come in a bed's rolled in, you know, Martha was rolled out. And then, you know, just like you said, within minutes, everything just changes. Um, yeah, it was exactly mm-hmm. the same way, mm-hmm. just like that. Yeah. Zach, having gone through it once before, you know, just thinking about your guys' first first birth and having gone through the entire stay and, and well knowing how that went for you, did that, did that impact the birth of your second or did, did it did it change the way you felt or your emotions going into it yeah the we were both even though in the back of our minds i think the going into our second pregnancy you know we both knew the baby was going to come early so that was like an expectation from the beginning and being able to process that right away, that was, I think that really helped us, you know, gauge things day by day, minute by minute. Um, it was still just as frightening, but we knew a lot more. Um, you know, with everything the doctors are talking about, we can actually understand like a little bit more mm-hmm. of what they were telling us. We knew more about procedures and process and everything. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's still when when you are so in the moment like that um, and you're just taking everything as it is, it, it, that was the same both times. It's just, we, we happen to know 
a little bit more about, you know, what could happen in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can relate with both of you guys in that. And Ryan, I think just kind of how you fired off and, you know, mentioning how everything happened so quickly and Zach, you relate. I think, uh, I think three is the magic number today. Everything, you know, happened with, with Callan as well. Within about five hours, he was rushed off to the NICU and, mm. you know, everything for us was, uh, was pretty standard. The pregnancy was, was standard and, you know, we had no prior indication of anything being, being wrong or that, uh, that he would need to have a NICU stay or anything like that. And, and Zach, you kind of mentioned you, you guys had that prior you know, recollection that that was a possibility or that would happen. And you guys, you guys knew in the second birth and I can see how that could either be comforting or you know, could draw some fear both ways. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, Callan was just rushed off with, with uh, a low, low body temperature. His body temperature dropped down to 93 degrees, which was severe in our mind. I mean, being new parents, we didn't really know what that meant, but we knew that was really low. Um, so, I mean, Kenner and I cried together. She um, was on bed rest as well for a few days. She couldn't go down to the NICU. She couldn't see him. She had uh, preeclampsia and she was on medications that kept her in bed. So, you know, for me, it was really, what was that introduction like? And for us, it was constantly evolving. It was constantly changing. Initially, I was kind of the one that had to take the kind of the lead role of learning and adapting to this NICU life of the medical field, what the terminology meant, things like that. For you know, for me, it was an entirely new world. And I think as our NICU stay evolved and I kind of went back to work, Kendra, my wife, took on the lead role of just learning what that meant for Callan and the diagnosis and things like that. Uh, so how quickly... Uh, did things kind of progress after Callan was born? You know, I, you, you talked about the temperature change. Was that within like, you know, minutes, seconds, or do you, do you happen to remember? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, initially when he was born, I think the nurses and doctors could have had some knowledge that he could have had something wrong with him. I mean, he had some, you know, whether it's facial abnormalities and a sacral dimple, he had um, a hypospadias. Uh, a few of those medical terms, but really nothing was a super clear indication that anything was wrong with him. So about five hours after everything, we were under the impression everything was fine. We'd be going home um, the next day. And then when the uh, the nurse came to just do the, the vitals, did a temperature check, couldn't get a read. Um, you know, they, they took him away faster than we could have, you know, even asked what was wrong. You know, I, I don't even know if we knew at the time that it was, it was his temperature that was so low, they just took him out. And then I think they followed up with, with what the temperature actually was. So that was when we kind of gained some of that, some of that clarity as to why. Sure. Wow. Wow. That is, that's incredibly intense. I can't, um, I can't even imagine like what you would have been thinking. I like just to suddenly realize that something isn't right. I know, I know for me, um, when when Ashley was rushed away and I had no idea what to do, um, my mind was just going to like kind of the worst places. You know, I was I yeah. I was kind of left alone in a room. They had they left a nurse there, but she couldn't really tell me much. Um, hmm. And I and I remember just asking her 
countless questions that probably didn't even make sense to her at the time. And, and she couldn't really answer them. She said, usually it only takes a few minutes. Usually it only takes a few minutes. And she just kept on like trying to calm me down, but I, 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 I didn't even know how to comprehend it at the time. And so, so when, yeah, when stuff happens so quickly and, and it's almost like they don't even know what's, what's going on. It's, it's so hard to comprehend that. And so I can't even imagine what was going through your head at that time too. So man, that's crazy. Uh, what was it like to not only take care of your NICU babe, but also your wife and recovery? Um, how was that for your marriage? Ooh, I, um, I like this question. Um, I think, uh, I think Tyler, you were kind of alluding to it a little bit. Uh, so when, when my wife was in recovery, I was, I was kind of going to rounds every day. Um, yeah. cause she couldn't, she couldn't be there. We didn't have, um, we didn't have our own room at the time with Silas, um, which we later did in Fargo. But when we were in the cities, we had, um, kind of the nursery style, um, NICU. And so we were, we were in a room with a, a bunch of people and, uh, she was still recovering. And so she, the only way she could get down there was in a wheelchair. And so I would go to rounds every day and I was trying to, bring her this information that uh, I didn't understand. And so I was taking notes, but I, I didn't really know how to give her the information correctly. So I think there was some frustration there right away. Um, uh, as I was trying to, I was trying to reiter- reiterate what the doctors were saying um, in, in as like layman's terms as I could get them, but really not understanding it myself. And, uh, Ashley was just like, is Silas okay? And I was like, I think so. I think he's a, and that's, that that was like as good as I could get it. I was like, they're not telling me anything bad, but, um, but I was, I was trying to, I was trying to give this information as I was getting it. And I, and it was, it was difficult at times, you know, like as she was recovering and she couldn't, she couldn't be there, um, as much as I could. And I was trying to give her the secondhand information and, um, yeah, so there were times where it was, it was kind of tough, you know, yeah. uh, to to be that bridge, um, to be that bridge, and not and not really understanding it myself. So, so that was a that was a, a tough spot for for me, I would say, um, in that in that stage. But yeah, and I feel like too, once the adrenaline wears off, um, you know, like we were just talking about, you know, the. Mm-hmm the baby's coming right now and you get geared up and you're going from, you know, in crisis mode, you're handling one thing here, there, you're just doing anything you can second by second. Yeah. And then there's kind of this like breath where I remember, you know, Martha was wheeled away to recovery. Uh, You know, Jacqueline was brought into the NICU and it was just us and the nurses for a second. Um, and it's, I, I completely get that of going from one room to another on different floors, trying to remember, okay, what am I supposed to ask? And what did I forget to ask? Uh, Yeah. 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 Uh, and when I'm losing, you know, I remember losing that focus from the adrenaline and things getting foggy and, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, and like you said, just going from room to room and the phone's ringing, waiting for updates. It it can be extremely overwhelming. Yep. Oh, for sure. And 
yeah that that's so funny that trying to remember questions that you were supposed to ask and and things and then giving her information that you like like i was saying you don't really know what you're saying i remember when silas got his pick line put in i didn't know what that was yeah and so mm-hmm. so i kept on telling ashley i think i because she was like upstairs in a different room and i was like he's having surgery uh for a pick and i didn't and that's all i could really get out and she was like surgery for a pick what is that <laughs> what's that <laughs> even do? and so and I, and that was just like and that's as good as I could do at the time. <laughs> it's just like, and so it's funny looking back on it now, but it was in the, in the moment. Yeah. There was the adrenaline had worn off and both of us were tired and we didn't. Yeah. Oh, crazy, crazy. stuff. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not going to be able to find things in the supermarket, let alone <laughs> yeah, really yeah. crucial medical details, you know, without a notepad or anything. Mm-hmm. You guys find yourselves weaning onto and off of Google frequently to to diagnose or learn the medical terminology, you know, what the pick line oh, was. Man. Yeah, we, it was, it was such a crash course um, that fi- finally I, I got smart and I would just ask, like, yeah. I was like, what does it, what does that mean to me? How does, how does that relate to me in this situation? And um, once Ashley was able to come to rounds and things like that, she's, she's a she's an amazing question asker and so she was getting um, tons of information and yeah we were looking things up um as as much as we could i mean they they told us to stay off of google and things like that but i mean we we just we wanted the information though too you know like we wanted to um expand our knowledge of what our baby was going through and what we were going through and um so we were we were hungry for the knowledge too but um but yeah we were always always kind of looking things up that he was going through or that we were the procedures or and things like that yeah. so definitely we googled a little too much probably. good or bad yeah 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 it was tough too and the um i feel like the you know the 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 parent chat rooms were provide some of the most back and forth cuz everybody's story's different so sometimes you know, instead of just getting the straight facts, you're getting somebody's whole NICU experience when you're just looking for one little detail. And I remember that was, that led to a lot of just sleepless nights. Uh, Yeah, no, for sure. And Tyler, you probably had it. I don't know if you want to speak. I I know your wife speaks, uh, talked a little bit about it on one of the episodes. Um, But uh, Callan just had such a rare, rare disorder. I mean, what what was that like? Yeah, and you know, I think I think the first thing that kind of sparked my thoughts, Zach, was when you said the phone the phone call or the phones ringing off the hook. And yeah, you know, I think with with Callan's condition and, and what that meant to us, not staying at the hospital, going home each night, and the fear of the phone ringing, mm. not in the hospital, but in the middle of the night. I know, you know, thinking about taking care of Kendra, taking care of both her and Callan and, you know, a lot of it was her and her mental health. Um, you know, there was, there was fear of that phone. You know, she, she literally dreaded the sound of the iPhone ringtone. Um, and she couldn't, when Callan came home, she could not have that as her ringtone anymore <laughs> because of the NICU. It reminded her of the NICU. Yeah, wow. um, yeah. But back to your, your question, Ryan. Yeah. With Callan's condition, it was, it was really changing every day. Every day it was a new diagnosis and, um, you know, I, I, to be vulnerable with you, we we didn't know what each day would bring. We didn't know 
um, if things would ever get better. We didn't know if he would ever come home because each day when we would get uh, just a ray of positivity, it seemed like we would get uh, just flooded with, with negative news as well. And um, it seemed like everything happened quickly. As quickly as we went into the NICU, it, it happened where we, we came home as well. But um, yeah, every day, every day is different. I mean, you guys, you guys know that firsthand as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you both about that. The, if you remember any distinct change between, you know, when you were recovering in the hospital and you could still kind of be in that building versus, you know, when we were all able to go home and we had to leave, you know, our kids behind there. Um, I guess, you know, I think it, when my memory was remembering that is that was when things almost got more difficult than being in the hospital. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that a hundred percent, Zach. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like there's this, you almost do discover a comfort of being in the hospital. And yeah, I I don't know where that stems from. Maybe it is the care of the doctors, the care of the nurses, the, you know, that assurance that, your child is going to be okay. I'm not sure exactly where it comes from, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. 100%. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel that. Yeah. Like a hundred percent too. just, um, I mean, there's just when everything is so out of control and you're looking for some sort of control, I think that's that that feels safe and normal. And then, uh, and then when it's not, you, you don't feel that, um, that control anymore. And it's, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so different. And yeah, just even just, yeah, leaving, leaving Silas every night and not being able to stay and just, uh, yeah, there's just something, there's something strange about it, you know? So, yeah. What did your child's NICU journey teach you? Um, mm. Man, I uh, <laughs> so much I would say, but for the just like right off the bat, like how to fight. Like I don't think there's any better fighters than you know kids in yeah. in the NICU. Um, just taking every everything day by day, and you know rolling with every punch. You can just see you can see some like just resilience in, in these kids, man, like how, um, how, how much they just like, they want to, they want to be here and they just want to, uh, I don't know. It's, it just teaches you how to fight so much and, um, just how precious, how precious every moment is and every day is. And, um, I think just like the NICU journey in general teaches you how, uh, how precious every day is because some days are just very, very normal. And then all of a sudden you'll have a good day and you'll feel so amazing. And then all of a sudden it'll be a bad day and you'll feel like you take a bunch of steps back and just how, how, um, how big of a deal every day is, you know, like just taking every day as a, as a big deal and a, and a a gift, um, to, so to say, but, But yeah, that's um yeah, that's kind of the quick answer is just how to fight. I just yeah, just how to fight. Ryan, did you ever feel you know, you talked about the the days and the changes and every day is different, but did you ever feel alone? You know, and that I, I know there's a kind of a community, you know, of parents and, and NICU babies that are there. 
where you come together and you know you're fighting in it together, but do you, do you ever have days where you just felt like you were in it alone or in it alone with Ashley? Uh, yeah, 100%. There were days that were, um, yeah, we felt like we we felt like we weren't really gaining any ground and we felt like uh, Silas was doing well, but um, we just, we didn't know how to continue. You know, we didn't know how to help. I mean, and not just being there is helping and just being their parent and holding them and loving them. Um, but that really makes you kind of feel alone. Like you, you feel like you can't really do a whole lot. Um, and then when we were kind of in a situation where a lot of our friends were, just going through this, like having kids and just, uh, being parents, like right at the exact mm. same time. And so then you feel super isolated because, um, you're getting all these pictures and you're seeing all these things and, uh, of, of these quote unquote, uh, normal, normal, uh, pregnancy, cess, childhood journeys. And, um, and you feel like you don't have that. And so, so that's very isolating, very, um, yeah, it makes you feel uh, less than, but uh, but you know, like on the other side, just when we when we did get to bring him home and have that somewhat normalcy, I mean, that was uh, so amazing, and people just kind of gathered around us, and mm. you know, from a distance, gathered around us because it's a NICU baby, you know. Um, but but yeah, so so definitely a hundred percent, I feel that. But wow, oh, I forgot what the question was. For <laughs> <laughs> what did your child's Nikki journey? Yeah, what did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I think it was the what, what I was taught was what it actually means to live in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you hear that phrase, and depending what you've been through, you can kind of if you you can kind of conceptualize it, you can understand that, and it's a you know, it's kind of one of those Pinterest phrases, you know, live in the moment, be in the moment, all this, but. I I just remember the laser focus of second by second, you know, everything we were going through, especially during the births and whatever was going on outside that hospital window. It, it, anything, I don't know, I, anything could have been going on. I would have had no recollection that it even mattered. Mm. You know, it was just so isolated. It was us. It was the doctors. It was our child that was about to be born and anything outside of that was completely irrelevant it was a surreal feeling of just being you know right there with those people in that moment it was unbelievable that's so i i liked what you said about like just like outside the nicu window and outside your you know the room window and i think that was like a you know, it's, it's, it's slightly poetic, but, um, I think there was like, you look out the window and there's still life going on. Oh Um, yeah. But, but yeah, like none, none of it really matters. It's more of like, it's more of like, let's see what's happening in this, uh, in this almost like it's an alternative reality outside of the window. Like, you know, it's, um, so I, I think that that was, that's kind of a cool, a way to look at it is like yes you can see that life is happening but you just you can't comprehend it because every your whole world is right there like in that room so yeah and i have no doubt that's where that feeling of safety comes from yeah oh, you yeah. know that we were we were talking about it's it's this little bubble of 
what matters most in life, you know, right there, right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I can relate tenfold with you guys. I can relate tenfold and even taking it back a little farther, Zach, you know, live in the moment. I, uh, you know, I think the number one thing that we heard from numerous people and it, it just kept reciprocating itself in our lives. People kept saying to us, oh, you guys are so strong. You guys, mm. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it if I were in your shoes. And, you know, Kendra and I reflected on that a lot, very frequently. And, um, you know, what we realized, I think the biggest thing that we took away from our NICU journey is that you adapt to your circumstances. You know, you're put, you're put in your circumstances and sometimes there's, and, you know, I think this, I think this can be taken, um, you know, in a multitude of ways, not just to NICU parents, but you adapt to your circumstances. You don't have a choice sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, you evolve. Your life evolves. It might might not be the life that you had planned. Um, you know, to Zach's point, that's why you live, you know, especially in the NICU. You live day to day. You don't know what the next day brings. Um, all you know is that you have to walk through it. And you do. Mm-hmm. You keep walking through it. And I think, I truly believe that anybody, when put in that situation, you're going to walk through it and you're going to get to the other side. And some people's NICU stays are two days. Some people's NICU stays are 200 days and some people never make it out of the NICU. And, you know, they all look so different, but you walk through it, you get through it. Your life will look so much different at the end of the day, but yeah, you just learn, you, you learn so much in the process, but you come out on the other side, mm-hmm. you'll look so much different. Yeah. But. yeah, that's so true. I mean, yeah, you just, you're not the same you're not the same uh, person that went into the NICU when you come out of the NICU um, in like much deeper ways than like, Oh, I just, now I know what a NICU stays like. I mean, there's, it's just so much deeper than that, you know? Oh yeah. So the next question on here um, is basically just talking about, the beginning process, like to process the NICU journey. Um, and I think um, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like in that, you know, I'm still trying to every day trying to process, you know, like, Oh, I'm like, I am a dad. And <laughs> um, yeah. I, oh, if, yeah. if you, it feels great to, to be a dad. Um, I, I know that, uh, every, every day as, as you like, as you distance yourself from it, um, it seems, uh, less and less, I don't know if like, uh, dreamlike is the, is the term, but, um, it just, it just has a different, um, feel to it. I mean, there's almost a nostalgia to it, um, as, as time goes on. And like you go back to a hospital or you go back to, you know, some sort of thing that, that triggers, you know, the, (laughs) the whole situation. Um, a a funny, a funny trigger for me is, um, just speaking, speaking on the, uh, post-traumatic stress stuff. Um, so during, during our Nikki stay, um, it was an extremely bad winter. There was like, 
I mean, it was cold every day. It was snowing almost every day. So yeah. basically my life consisted of, I would, I would uh, get up in the morning or I'd stay up late shoveling our driveway. <laughs> um, and then we would go to the NICU and we'd be, we'd be there basically all day. Um, and then we'd come back and I'd either have to shovel again or I'd wake <laughs> up early the next day and shovel. Um, and so I remember this last winter, the first time I shoveled, I came inside and I was like, I was like, my anxiety is through oh, the roof wow. right now. <laughs> like oh, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't even like, I, I don't know. There was just something about it. I was like, it just brought me right back to that place. And I was, and I was just in it again. And I was like, I felt, I told Ashley, I was like, I feel like we need to get in the car and just drive to the hospital. Like wow. that's, that's all I know, wow. you know, uh, being yeah. in this situation. And so, so figuring out those triggers and figuring out um what that what that's going to be like probably forever you know like i mean just every time i i think about you know like every time i see silas and i'm like oh my gosh he's grown so much and then we look at a picture of him back um back when he was born and you're just like you're instantly brought back to that point and so um so yeah like i'm I'm still in that processing and I'm still figuring out like my triggers and, mm. and stuff like that. So, so yeah, but that's yeah, kind of a funny one. Shoveling, shoveling the driveway just brought the anxiety <laughs> heavy to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can, I can relate full heartedly with you, Ryan. And you talk about the nostalgia <laughs> and man, you know, I, I, I laughed halfway through uh, when you, almost when you said that word, because just today, just today, um, and I know the question is is regarding processing, and I I'd be the first one to say that I process as I'm given, um, you know, whatever diagnosis, whatever circumstance, yeah. and then I deal with it in the moment, and then I feel like I'm very good at just letting it go. Where Kendra's the opposite. Uh, a mm-hmm. quick story on the nostalgia, because when you said that you <laughs> still process today and you still have that anxiety or things that still pop up. You know, it almost makes me, it almost makes me second guess, like, have I really processed everything? Have I really processed everything or do I process everything in the moment? Because just today, Kendra was out on the lake and she found a little, a blue cap that covered, so Callan, a little background, he had, um, he had a trach and um, with the trach comes a lot of uh, uh, secretions. So we would do suctioning um, and <laughs> It, 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 it's a little in depth, but there's a little blue cap that covers his suction tube that would go down into his trach. And he's been off the trach for a, a full year now, but she was out on the pontoon and pulled out a little blue cap that went on his trach suction. And she sent it to me and she was like, it wasn't anxiety, but it was, it was the nostalgia. It brought her back and it brought me back um, to the days. It was almost bittersweet in a way, not that we would ever want him to go back onto the trach. Um, but it just takes you back, good or bad memories. Um, but yeah, it was just crazy, crazy to see that. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. what you said too, Ryan, mm-hmm. is I, I, I totally agree with you 100% that things like this for dads and, and moms alike that have a NICU stay, the experiences that, that you have stay with you your entire life. And, you know, five years from now, 10 years yeah. from now, something's going to happen again or it's just going to take you back to that moment. It's going to take you back to your time in the NICU and hopefully you know at at that place in your life hopefully um, you know you can look back and and look at it in a positive in a positive way but I I think everybody's gonna 
going to have that. And Zach, I would imagine you've had, had some of this, had some similar, uh, similar things happen to you. Oh yeah. And yeah, you know, like it's still processing today, you know, it comes up in different moments and yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, some of it's nostalgic. You're, you're celebrating, you're looking back and you're just in awe of, you know, what, what you've been through. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I don't even realize something sparked a memory and I'm, you know, I'm trying to press through it and there's some kind of bubbling anxiety and I, you know, I don't even know what's going on. Um, uh-huh. One of the toughest things, which I know uh, they've talked about, you know, on the, the Instagram page and on the, the podcast here, you know, with coronavirus. Um, yeah. I remember yeah. like the first time we got groceries during all of this and we brought it home and again, just being very wary of germs, which we were like any, anyone <laughs> after the hospital, you yeah. know, we got out the, the Clorox uh, bleach wipes and the spray and we're wiping everything down and I'm smelling the cleaner and I didn't know it at that second, but whoosh, I mean, all my senses just regress back to those days after the NICU of everybody washing your hands and you're wiping everything down. And, you know, we, we're all doing that now, uh, you know, just consciously, but wow, it just brought me Mm. back to those, those first few days coming home where you're, you're very wary of germs and everything. And for that to be kind of normalized everywhere now, that took, that took a lot of just processing and, and meditating over it was it was wild mm-hmm. oh yeah so so true yeah just that yeah just using using so much hand sanitizer and seeing everyone else use so much hand sanitizer it's yeah that's that's very like <laughs> yeah it just it just brings you right back there You're like yeah that was that was life hand sanitizer was life man yeah you guys feel a little ahead of the game we felt like you know we had just stocks of hand sanitizers like oh man people are rushing to buy it off the shelves it's like oh we have we have plenty on stock we've we always, we always have oh yeah yeah <laughs> for sure for sure yep yeah we were we were ready seemingly we were ready we we had stockpiles but <laughs> man yeah so the last two questions and then we can uh we can kind of do some funny share a couple funny stories but um i think we should just combine the last two and just um because it's just encouragement you'd give to a dad currently encouragement um you'd give to a dad out of the NICU currently so um yeah so i think we can just kind of combine combine both of those and just uh just kind of like and then we'll we'll kind of finish it off with some funny stuff but um yeah i I'll, i'll start with I'll just keep mine pretty simple. Um, so to dads currently in the NICU, um, if you feel like every day you're just walking in with your hands in the air saying, I don't know what's going on. That's okay. You're probably going to feel that way until you get out. Um, and then once you get out, you're probably not going to quite feel like, like a real dad right away, but um, just let it, let it settle in and just, um, just step into it, um, lean into, uh, being the best, um, post NICU dad that you can and, um, just let yourself learn every day. 
I mean, that's that's all you can really do is uh, just say, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to learn every day. So, yeah. Absolutely. You know, dad's in the NICU. I know there's that feeling of you don't know what day it is. You don't know how long you've been there. Sometimes you don't have no idea how long you have to go. And it can feel extremely daunting and kind of you're just out there floating. Um, You know, my encouragement or advice would be no matter what it is, no matter how small it is, find some kind of little routine. Mm, Yeah. Uh, whether it's for you or your family, um, cause without tracking of time, you can't track the progress you've made. You can't track how far you've come, but if you can find something, if it's midweek, late week, even if it's, Hey, every Saturday morning, we're, we're going to go out and just get, you know, a nice coffee or something, just that little marking of the passage of time i think can be huge Mm -hmm. um again it just it shows how far you've come um and just reinforces that sense of progress you know i remember i remember for us for me it was every wednesday i decided every wednesday night would be laundry don't know why (laughs) that was the thing i cling on to (laughs) hate doing laundry but all of a sudden it'd come Wednesday morning and I realize this is another day I get to do laundry because it means we've made it to Wednesday. Yeah. 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 You know, um, and to combine the second question, if you're out of the NICU, encouragement is just don't be afraid to ask for help. There are countless people, people you may have never expected that would help you. Uh, they're just waiting for you to ask. Yeah. So true. It's really that's really good. And um, thank you guys for going first and letting me have some time to comprehend the question and <laughs> and kind <laughs> of think of, of of the advice that I would want to give. And I I think I allude to both of you guys a little bit. And uh, I think the thing for me that I would want a dad walking through this today would be to not feel like you have it put together every single day. Um, you know, you, we as men feel like we have, you know, this natural tendency to need to care for our wives and we do, and we want to care for them. But at the end of the day, you know, your wife might have a bad day, but we as men can have bad days as well. You know, I, I can remember numerous, numerous days in the NICU that, I feel like my wife was almost the one supporting me. So, you know, if you're having a day like that, I think that's okay. You don't have to have it put together every single day. There's going to be challenging days. There's going to be great days. But just acknowledge that. And if you need to take a day away, you know, some people, you know, families that were there every single day and one thing that we did, you know, Zach, I know you had that one thing every week. And what it was for us, we just had that, you know, it's, it's a little bit different, but really we just had that one day a week that we absolutely had to stay away from the NICU, as hard as that is, and as hard as that sounds, to be away from your child for us, it was it was something that we needed. You know, it's not that yeah. we were completely closed off to it. Our phones were still on, and if there was an emergency, we're there in a heartbeat. But for us, it was like that one little sense of normalcy that we had. You know, once a week, um, we just stayed away. 
whether with family or friends, just to to feel like you can be and have a normal life. And then for for dads that are out of the NICU, you know, I think it just as we alluded to earlier too, it just looks it looks so different for for NICU grad parents because you know, Ryan, as you mentioned, it's it's the initial like stay away, stay away from our baby for a little bit, but you know, at the same time you want everybody to meet your baby because there's so many people that haven't had that opportunity yet. Um, but I think just having that, that understanding that your life is, is going to look different and whether that's in the short term or the long term, have that understanding, connect with people, have a community of people around you, family, friends, church, whatever it might be that can, can come alongside you and uplift you. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's good. I think uh, just a big, just a big thing is, yeah, just have people around you, ask to have people around you. Like you, uh, Zach, you were saying, just be okay with asking for help. But yes. Just, yeah. Just like bring, bring people around you, especially people that um, even maybe know what they're, what they're doing. The one crazy thing when we were in the, when we were in the NICU, Ashley wasn't even um, awake yet uh, from surgery and uh my ashley's um aunt and uncle so like our aunt and uncle they showed up and they had had um they had uh their their son was in the nicu uh, he was born at 27 weeks and um i didn't even know how they heard that we were in there i think i think ashley's dad must have told um uh him his 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 brother and they just showed up and all of a sudden i was i was sitting in the um in the waiting room. Cause I had, I had been in and out and um, all of a sudden they were just there and they, they just kind of like took me under their wing and were like, yeah, this, they, they just kind of like showed me the ropes mm-hmm. and I was, I wasn't expecting it. Um, but it was, um, it was really amazing and they were very encouraging and um, they, they were only there for a couple hours. I think Ashley just barely said hi to him and then they, and then they left, but it was just, it was so nice to just have somebody who had, who knew what they were talking about, had been yeah. through it. Um, to kind of be that first like guiding step. So, um, so I would say, yeah, just surround yourself with people that um, are going to encourage you or else just at least maybe even know what they're doing a little bit too. Yeah. So, so yeah. And that's why dear Nikki mama exists. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, uh let's, let's wrap it up here with some funny stuff. I'll, I'll start with like, it's not, it's not that funny, but it, um, at the time I remember it being hilarious, but so Ashley, Ashley went into to surgery and they were like, you can't go in. And then, and I was like, why not? And they're like, the, she has to go under so fast. And I was like, I, I was kind of trying to just like get in there. And then finally they, they were like, you can get in, you can, you can go in, you have to basically suit up for surgery. So they had me put on, uh, <laughs> they had me put on like the little uh cover like the boot covers and i was putting a gown on and i had a hat on um and just uh i was i was dressed in all the garb and then all of a sudden they were like well actually it's our like we're gonna move him to the NICU now um and so i just i kept all that stuff on uh for a while and and so this was like two hours later and ashley wakes up and like she she was happy to see me and everything like that. and then she looks at me she's like what are you wearing <laughs> 
and i was like and i was like oh yeah i still have this on and then i took everything off except for the the little booties and i was wearing those basically all (laughs) night until i finally went to bed just because i didn't i didn't like have time to just like take them off i was just like i we were just like in it man we were in the fire at that point so so i i went this whole night just wearing these uh slippery little boot covers on my on my shoes and ashley thought it was hilarious and then i started to make fun of myself towards the end of the night so so that was that was pretty funny just to that was a a nice mood lightener um right away in the beginning that i was i was dressed for surgery and never actually went in so yeah you got to do what you got to do yeah that's true (laughs) but yeah if you guys got anything i'll i'll think of some other ones there's lots of poop stories i don't know how yeah gross we want to get on here but (laughs) (laughs) i got i got lots of those i have a more innocent one it's i'm stretching the timeline you know jacqueline our our daughter wasn't born yet but we like i said we had been on bed rest in the hospital um and I don't know why one night, you know, you got these uh, order in menus from the hospital and I think we, or no, maybe we did take out, whatever it was. We went all out. We just got like, it was a great dinner. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, mm-hmm. like milkshakes or burgers or something. We were really indulging ourselves and we were watching on Netflix. We were watching that cooking show, Nailed It. Have, oh yeah, yeah. Have you guys watched that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen some episodes. For and sure. I mean, we were just cracking up. It was, it was just so funny, and we were probably just completely delirious after the previous two weeks. But we got all this food, and we're laughing. And then a couple nurses would even—they were coming in, checking in, and you know, they laughed with us. And I guess looking back, it's not the most funny thing. We we thought it was hilarious, but then we actually found out we were laughing so much. Martha was having contractions. Oh, you know, oh nice. I mean, very minor ones, but um, <laughs> that's I, one way. Yeah. At, the, at, the, at the time, yeah, we just thought, God, we just thought it was so funny, um, dude. Inducing labor, yeah, you might after. Be something yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way my mind works, and Kendra would be, Kendra would attest to this in a heartbeat, is that I've got about a one-year memory, and then everything just fades out. So, as you guys are talking, I'm like, man, these are are pretty funny stories and i'm like i don't i don't have anything funny at all and then one one thing and it's not even a story it's not even a story but i'm like you know it's kind of funny looking back on and um i couldn't even tell you if it was a hard day or what the rationale behind it was but uh you know as you guys know the the mothers have uh, nursing rooms or pumping rooms i guess Uh, i'm not i'm not sure if uh martha and ashley pumped but kendra pumped and she went back into her pumping room and um, I went back with her <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not sure. Well, I, I do know to this day that I don't think men are allowed inside the pumping rooms. Uh, what? <laughs> it provided her comfort in the moment and whether that was needed or not, I couldn't tell you, but um, I think we look back at that and, and think, what the heck were we doing? What were we doing? <laughs> It's yeah. worth it though worth no it. you got you gotta yeah you gotta be there for the comfort man. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good that's awesome one less I, you know I, I could share one story that a little bit more of a story not so funny but um um kind of a, on the on the memory aspect of things that i can think of um, on a day of callan's 
more severe surgery. He had a bowel surgery. Uh, and it was a day that the doctors, I guess to put the day into perspective, it was, it was one of the only days of Callan's life where the doctors actually told us, you know, we don't know going into the surgery if he's going to make it out or not. He could have completely dead bowels and we'll have to close them up. And, you know, that's that. And it's a somber story, but everything turned out fine. His bowels were great. Um, he had an ostomy bag for a while. You know, you talk about poop stories. That's another story. But what we actually did <laughs> on this day of his, of Callan's, uh, of Callan's surgery, one of the most detrimental days of his life, Kenner and I actually turned around at the end of the day and we were down at the U of M in Minneapolis and U.S. Bank Stadium um, was about a mile away, not a direct shot. But we ended up buying tickets to a Vikings game, their, their, their season opener that night. Just on the fly, we found tickets for like $25, 30 minutes before kickoff. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Bought the tickets. We ran. We ran all the way to U.S. Bank Stadium a mile um, <laughs> in you know some pretty harsh neighborhoods, to be completely honest. And we got there a little after kickoff and... And we just had one of the best nights of our lives. So I think that was wow. that was a really memorable experience for us. Nice. I love Dude, that I, I I remember the view. I remember the view of US Bank Stadium. Um looking out at that every night. That was that was always pretty cool. <laughs> I always found that to be like a it, yeah. was, it was almost comforting. It was almost like, Oh yes, there's still sports in the world. Things are still happening. you know, it's like that that whole view out the window thing, you know, there's still oh, a reality out oh. there, but so no, that's fun. Yeah, I could tell enema stories for for days. Silas had to get enemas constantly, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, those were pretty those were pretty messy at times, but also very funny. And yeah, lots lots of enemas, uh, lots of those. <laughs> they come standard. So. They come standard. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think um, you know sometimes I live vicariously through through Ashley. And uh, like what she does f- with dear Nikki mama and kind of the way that she processes processes through things. And um, I kind of like live through that and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I, I listen to her conversations and things and I, I feel better about myself, but it is, it's so nice to just like uh, talk with a dad about a Nikki stay yeah. and stuff. Is, is there's just something about it. Um, and I don't get that a lot. So yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm pretty, I'm psyched that we got to do this, even though, yeah, we weren't in person. We'll have to do, we'll have to do another episode. Hopefully yeah. there's high demand for this yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> we'll do another episode, but. Um, From our own spin But yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Nick, you dudes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, and I, and I, I just wanted to like, just call that out too is that um i'm sure there are a lot of dads um out there who who feel super alone um in this journey and they're probably in the thick of the journey and they're they're not really sure who who to talk to um and so yeah i I just like i want to let it be known that you are not alone and you know there's there's dads like us um all over the place. And yeah, we just want to let the dads know that um, we're yeah. here for you, yeah. man, for real. Yeah. Yeah, ditto. Well, I know we weren't, um, we weren't as quick and witty as <laughs> Ashley and Martha are every week. <laughs> uh, we, we process and think things through a little bit um, at a slower pace. I can tell, but hopefully we, we didn't keep it too, didn't keep it too, uh, too drawn out. 
for for the listeners but but yeah i'm thankful we got to do this you guys um i i feel good but yeah thank you guys for the time for sharing what you did um i'm thankful and proud of you both to everybody listening speak for all of us you know we're thankful and proud of all of you so absolutely if you love this podcast and would like to hear more amazing stories please consider becoming a member of the Dear NICU Mama Patreon page. In addition to special merchandise and early access to content, Patreon members support the mission, programs, and services of Dear NICU Mama. You can find the link on the description of this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more from Dear NICU Mama, click subscribe. Welcome to the sisterhood.